Greetings and welcome back for Gnosis Episode 5. Our special guest today is William Ramsey. William Ramsey is an author, researcher, and attorney who is a member of the State Bar of California. He's also a graduate of the University of California, Berkeley, with a degree in history. William is the author of four books and five documentaries, including Prophet of Evil, Aleister Crowley and the New World Order, Abomination, Devil Worship and Deception in the West Memphis Three Murders, Children of the Beast, Aleister Crowley's Shadow Over Humanity, Global Death Cult, The Order of Nine Angles, Adam Waffen, and The Slaughter of the Innocents. Check out William's website, WilliamRamseyInvestigates.com. There you can see his latest podcast, articles, and delve into his extensive research exposing the satanic core at the heart of the world's secret societies and their relationship to gang stalking, serial murder, and mass sacrifice rituals. William Ramsey is a Christian, and he considers his books, films, and broadcasts together as a Christian ministry, with the intent to expose evil in conformance with what Paul wrote in Ephesians 5.11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. So I'm, I'm blessed today to have uh, William Ramsey. So welcome to Gnosis, Mr. Ramsey. I, I've recently become aware of your work, but it seems like you've actually inspired work that I was uh, looking into with uh, the world's most dangerous book, 9-11 as Mass Ritual. I didn't realize it, but a lot of that work was based on your original research. Correct. Prophet of Evil, Oscar Crowley, 9-11 and the New World War. They yes. use some of the same pictures that I put in there, same stuff. So it's... Uh... <laughs> interesting for them to take credit for a lot of my research is pretty rich oh well, i didn't realize that that was the case they should give credit where it's due and uh when did their book come out something like uh... 2012 mine was published 2010 self-published they yes. kind of came out trying day i don't know the totality but it was written with peter lavenda who's writing books with uh tom delong of the to the stars academy and, oh i see uh, has written many in a cult book. Uh, he's written a lot of books. People tell me that that book is very similar to Lavenda's writing too. So I have to go back and check that out. I have to go back and look at Lavenda's. So I don't even know how much of that book was actually written by S.K. Bain. I don't know. I, I, I got to watch out. Uh, it's okay. I'm uh, we. I'm, I'm all about the truth here, and you know we have to be able to bring these things up. These things happen. People get ripped off all the time in creative arts. And uh, interestingly enough, that book, uh, Peter Lavenda, speaking of him, he's an apologist for Crowley. He's one of those people who denies that Crowley admits he was a pederast and that he was, you know, sacrificing children. And he was called to account by Jason Horsley, uh, who has an email chain with him that he publishes in his book, The Vice of Kings. So it is interesting to see how many people are there who should know better, and they're, they're making deliberate lies of omission. And so for them to rip off your material it kind of seems in line with their character. Have you seen have you seen uh have you seen Lavenda in the OTO ritual in the documentary The Secret of Secret Societies? No. Okay, well let's Wow, please let's go yes. down that hall. There we go. <laughs> I'll share this. Putting Peter Lavenda on time. blast. This will be the second time today. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> all right. I have my own little Lavenda file, so all my stuff. Share screen. Okay. Uh, okay, you ready? Can you yes, see sir. this? Uh, I can one, see it. 
Okay, we're going to get the ritual. So they're talking about Crowley here. They're doing a Crowley ritual. There's Alex Jones. No, actually what you get is the end of civilization. Daniel Panetta is a member of so, the OTO who will take part in the ritual. So Daniel Panetta is a member of the OTO. It's really an instruction to find who you really are, find out your true purpose, and then to do that purpose. And that's Peter Lavenda right there as the OTO member. Did you see him? Wow, yes. So How that's Panetta that? right behind him. So he's uncredited in the Secret of Secret Societies. And I would say that's a giveaway. That's a, he's an OTO member, which puts him in the place of uh, very interesting uh, influence on his books and his outlook and things like that. So I think he's, he goes back. He's admitted that he goes back to working at the Magical Child, which is an occult bookstore in hmm. um, New York. That the same guy who, who he was associated with, the same guy who invented the X-Men. Which makes perfect sense because Crowley used his seal of Babylon, that X inside the circle, oh, wow. and so he's he's alleged to be the writer Simon of the Necronomicon, the fake Necronomicon that came out of H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. Oh, so that's who is this? The the creator of X Men is. I, I have to go back and get that article, but there's an article that he wrote where he was friends with, or I think he dated the wife of the guy who wrote the X Men. And they both kind of were in the same intellectual circles, uh, you know, back in those days, seventies and eighties. I think Lavenda's in his late sixties right now, but he's still around. I mean, he's working for the, to the Stars Academy, co-wrote stuff with Tom DeLonge, and you can go to the Amazon page and look up. I'll probably just pull this up too. You can go up the the most dangerous book ever written, mm. and uh, there's his name on there. Bane has kind of a sketchy background too. Interesting. See, it says Peter Lavender right there. Let me see. I can't see your screen. I mean, I'll um, pull it up. Okay. Well, that's unfortunate because uh, I did enjoy that book, but you got to give credit where it's due, folks. And uh, that's not cool at all. The main, yeah. Yeah, they the, took. I mean, I think, in my opinion, they took money. They took credit from me, and they took money out of the mouths of my wife and kids. Yes. So to me, it's very dark. Yes. Like I, I mean, don't get me started. Oh man, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. that's that's what I like about this this show is you know we just follow the truth where it goes, and you, there's a lot of these lifetime actors that we find in our midst that, you know, they appear to be working to uncover things, and in reality they're obscuring and, and covering things up. And, Their finish of that book was uh, was ridiculous. They had some thing where there was going to be a nuclear bomb blown up in right. Tampa, like uh, Arizona or something, based upon that. My book finished is that. You got to watch out because these guys are going to use vaccines to forward their agenda. Wow. So the people who got their version of the book, in my opinion, got the satanic clown show version of my Christian book that gave a warning about what the agenda was. So the people who probably read my book might have gone, you know, maybe I won't take that jab. And then the people who read theirs didn't get that warning. So there's a lot of problems. I'll put it together. People will probably be shocked at how brazen it was. Yes, that that sounds because you know, and I I'll read your book as well, and I'm sure I'll see the parallels. And uh, wow, S.K. Bain, I uh, I messaged him recently because I wanted to invite him on the show, and if if he joins the show, I'll ask him. So what's the situation? Yeah, ask him here? flat out. Where did he get his information? How flat much out. did he take? Ask him how much did he do? Is it does he think he took from me? Because I can tell you right at the intro of the book, you might actually be able to look inside here. Mm-hmm. Watch this. This is the contents acknowledgement. 
I would be remiss not to acknowledge the contributions of two researchers in particular. William nice. Ramsey, author of Prophet of Evil, Alistair Crowley, 9-11, and the New World Order, whose work provided valuable insights. I would say it provided a lot more than that, because my thesis is the same as yours. <laughs> I mean, this is so bad. Oh, wow. I can't go through this. Oh, yeah. Wow, sorry. Now, these people are considered really honorable. Chris Milligan is considered honorable. Like, yeah, mm. I, there's a lot of problems. There's a I've, lot of problems. I've heard some Peter things. Lavenda. Mm -hmm. People need to really watch out. I mean, maybe people from a different faith tradition, different outlook. But if mm -hmm. you're a Christian, that guy should be on your radar. Like, I mean, I don't know if like people have like this reincarnation or any old views or whatever. Or all wisdom is the same. Uh, I know that you kind of have a Gnostic worldview for that, but my worldview and Peter Lefebvre's worldview probably are the opposite. Uh, I understand. Opposite sides of the spectrum. So anyway, they Why? do acknowledge. This is good. So they do acknowledge it here, but wait till you go through and put my book next to theirs. I'll do yes. it for, I'll do it. I'm going to put it out. I'll put it out and people can just see for themselves. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate to hear that, you know, somebody be, you know, willing to just, you know, think this is enough if they had stolen, say, 80% of their material from you. I'm just making a hazard guess, not having read both. Uh, I've only read his book, but I did notice the similarities, uh, essentially, with the numerology, 11, 175, 93, uh, and uh, what's the one I'm missing there, 175? Uh, yeah, the 175 is, is Libra 175 Crowley's Which God Do You Adore Ritual? I can't yes. remember the Latin name he used at the time. Oh, it's it's so yeah. Insane. He calls it the Crowley Code, and you know, I just I didn't lay it out like that. They yeah, they're stylistically much different than my my approach because I really wanted to tell the truth about Crowley. Mm -hmm. So my book is a lot of biography of Crowley, which they leave out in this, and that's a kind of the omission and I think Lavenda's approach. Um. So yeah, I mean I. If you look at S.K. Bain's other work, dude, he doesn't seem to be able to write longer books like this one, which I find also interesting. Like he's put out 40, 50 page books, hmm. but he doesn't seem to have the he doesn't seem to have the same style as this book, which I think is saying something. I see. I see. So it could be Lavinda just using him as a sock puppet and others. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, such a lot I can say. <laughs> I'll get it all out. It'll be very clear. I just have to sit down and do it. It's like I very, I have very much. Sim I've told this to other people. I sympathize with comedians, and artists, and musicians, and filmmakers, and things who have their material or their thesis lifted, and and tampered with. So I, I and I know that what it's like when you complain about it, you get claimed to be a whiner, yeah, a bitter person. Um, uh, unhinged so like i tried to avoid that but because once i start going people don't get it they mm -hmm. don't understand i mean the the it's really a disgrace i'm embarrassed i'm actually embarrassed for all three of those guys milligan lavanda and bain like do something original oh yeah these things happen so anyway time oh. allowed i was a minnow back then 2010 mm -hmm. things are way different now for me i'm in a much different place so back then, I really didn't have it. You can go back and look to me, my interviews on Christian radio in 2010. They're all verified in the timestamp. They're all there. 2010, I was all over the underground Christian radio. I was just beginning. You can talk to Mike Bennett, Gons Shimura, 
some of these old guys from back in the day. It's still around, doing great work. Uh, but I was on their shows. Um, there's a couple other guys, Bennett, Barnett, Kevin Barnett. Uh, some of them have been lost, but the guys are still around. They can all verify that I did interviews and talked about the subject the same way. There was a good one with, uh, uh, what's his name, out of New Zealand. It's, um, uh, Vinny I can't Eastwood. remember his name right. What's up? Yeah, Vin, Vinny, Vinny Eastwood. Vinny I did Eastwood. Vinny Eastwood, and then Bain did Vinny Eastwood, and, Vin, and Vinny Eastwood's like, didn't somebody already write this book? <laughs> said that directly to Bain and kept going. He probably didn't know the contents, but he, I think he realized within the interview, like something's not right. This guy's repeating somebody else's stuff, but all that stuff is timestamped. Wow. It's all, it's all was done before Bain. So, you know, it's just a bigger group. It's like, it's like a bigger fish yeah. comes in on a smaller fish Oh yeah. and has a lot more contacts and uh, stuff like that. And I think, yeah, I think there might be a lot more to the story. Who really owns the book? Who benefited? Who's the real financial beneficiary? Oh wow! Uh, you have to look into that. Yeah. Who really promoted it? Sometimes publishers promote books, so the publisher has the thesis, and they hire out people to write the book for them. Mm. That's what Lavenda did. Lavenda is a writer. He not just for his own books, but I think that was his corporate job was to put together materials as a writer. So that may have happened in this book. I don't know, but. Wow. A lot of times, sometimes if a if a publisher sees a good idea or an idea that they want, they will they will put put the pieces together just like a producer, right? Producer gets the director, the actors, all that stuff. I so. think something similar happened with Tracy Twyman. She was writing a book, uh, Da Vinci Decoded, and she had done the original research and laid out the outline. And uh, eventually, they just took it from her. Is what if I if I'm uh, recalling correctly? I mean, it's something who where, took it. Uh, I'm not sure who the original publisher. The Feral been, House. I think she published her stuff through Feral House, right? It may have been Disinfo. Oh, even worse. I wouldn't be surprised if Disinfo did that. <laughs> you know what's funny? Oh, this, is... So, this is like the same interview I had earlier today because we were talking about Rogan's producer is an old Disinfo guy. And yeah. The guy who started Disinfo was Richard Metzger. Loved Crowley and all the people. He had a lot of people on there who were from that world perspective. Robert Anton Wilson, Genesis P. Orridge, people I had studied in Children of the Beast. Oh, yeah. So that stuff, that that current is still, it's still present. That's the whole thing that people get beguiled by. They look at it as like something in the past. The Lima, the Ptolemic ideas are much more present than people even realize. It's just they haven't, they haven't keyed into it enough as far as I'm concerned, yeah. Well, full disclosure, uh, I was never paid by Disinfo, but I was I was asked to post there, and I would post about 9-11 Truth, and I was kind of a noob there, and I was uh, a little bit naive, but I would get heckled endlessly, because I was someone who was advocating that we pay attention to 9-11, that we, that we look uh, into a lot of shadowy corridors and exposing a lot of fake gurus and shim, and so they had a mixed bag, they had... Uh, when 9/11 happened, I was naive to so much of this, of this, of these machinations of the state. And their books were one of the only places where I could see, you know, the truth about something like, say, Columbine. But I can see now where limited hangouts, being what they are, you know, in controlled oppositional networks, often inviting in the people they want to corral. Uh, I, I've had Corrupt. good, I've had good experiences. Infiltrate. Totally. Uh, Matt Staggs is the guy who runs, a, who's the booking agent for Joe Rogan. And uh, I remember Matt before he got that job, and he would send Joe these um, like uh, long emails of a bunch of like the headlines of the day, 
And I think over the years, he just kind of uh, won his favor by being, you know, persistent. Also, Joe's got some weird connections to Satanism. You know, he, he performed, or not he, but Duncan Trussell, his, uh, his sidekick, I guess you could say, during the Joe Rogan ex Questions Everything on Sci-Fi Network, uh, which was totally an op to discredit conspiracies, which were massively exploding all over the Internet. And so he and Duncan... Uh, they went after Michael, what was his name? Oh, he did the uh, first movies about chemtrails that really gained a lot of notoriety. Oh, I can't yeah, remember his last name. Clifford Carnicum, was that it? Oh, let, I don't remember. Let me see if I can look it up here. Michael, Michael, it's, uh, it's I'm drawing a blank. Michael. Uh, so that show, I wasn't aware of that. So that show was to discredit those kind of ideas that were around on the air. Michael J. Murphy, he was actually interviewed by Rogan on that, and Rogan made him look foolish. Like, they, they took him, they edited him, and uh, I met Mike in person. Uh, G. Edward Griffin did the world premiere of What in the World Did They Sprain, which featured Mike in Georgia. And I was there uh, as part of We Are Change Atlanta. And so I was really disheartened to see Rogan do that because it, it just he just was merciless. And I think uh, it had a, de a great impact on Michael. He ended up succumbing. Uh, to some type of methamphetamine addiction, so I don't know oh, if it was, wow. yeah, I don't know if it was preceded by that embarrassment or not, but certainly couldn't have helped. And I really lost a lot of respect for Joe at that point because it's like to me, it's just, it's obvious when the UN has a moratorium on geoengineering that chemtrails are real. And but oh, he's yeah. he's waffled on so many things. I don't think he's a trustworthy person at all. And I think a lot of his reach is not organic. I think he's basically been pushed uh, for a mm -hmm. long time interesting i've seen such a differentiation in his guests and how sometimes he's gone after them and really taken them apart and some he doesn't even ask any questions uh so he like i saw two back to back i think it was with gupta and then the girl who got who was in italy who killed the roommate who died it's uh well, what's her name is totally i know her face but he was so soft on he let her just propagandize the whole time in my opinion it was really incredible and uh, I did a critique on that. But Amanda Knox. It was for Amanda Knox. And I was just like, what's going on? So it's it's hit or miss for him. I, yeah, there's a lot of problems there. Oh, you yeah. can talk about disinfo. He was with, like, the son of one of these Satanists doing hand signs. He used to wear that shirt, Gonzo shirt. I saw it on your website, actually. Yeah. So yeah. that's actually kind of sketchy. Like, you're wearing something from Hunter S. Thompson. I mean, do you know who Hunter S. Thompson is? And those, you know. the stuff swirling around him? Oh, man. Oh yeah, the snuff films and, and snuff films, uh, just all kinds of. He's Owl been busted. Ranch. Yeah, just off the charts, strange stuff. So he always he always struck me as a psychopath. Even when I was, I think I was about thirteen when I was introduced to some of his work, and I was just, I didn't get it. You know, it was after his time in the limelight, but everything I was reading it just seemed like this guy was completely myopically self-absorbed, and uh, was you know into you know just describing how raunchy his life was like for shock value alone and um yeah but you know weirdly enough uh, one of my previous guests robert forte actually he he gave mdma for the first time to uh hunter s thompson and so he kind of he kind of knew hunter only briefly but i think they became friends but he was i was telling him about the snuff film connection and he was like yeah i've heard some things about that i think there was a woman who was hired to be the editor on his book and uh, he wanted her to watch one with him. And I think that's when she quit. And uh, yeah, it's like, that's pretty damning. You know, who could keep that in their house in the first place? You know, why would you want, 
let alone to like they're out there those those kind of movies are out there they've been made people say they don't exist uh richard ing and leonard lake were making snuff films uh there's a snuff film that what is it three ice one crazed guy ice pick he made a snuff film i forgot his name she was in canada and then on a run he he filmed that so these things they happened i mean i don't know whether they specifically happened with thompson but um yeah, Rogan is an uh, interesting guy, and just his friendship with Trussell. That's a long-term friendship. Mm-hmm. Trussell had Damien Eccles, who I wrote a book about, The West Memphis Three. Very sympathetic, and Rogan handled it very sympathetically. He was like, oh, well, if he was unjustly put in jail, then he should be recompensed or remunerated or something like that. Who's this, Damien Eccles? Yeah, he, Rogan was talking about Eccles because Trussell mentioned it. It was sent uh... to me. Trussell mentioned his name on that podcast. So just the way they handled it, handled it, it was like a set piece, you know? It, to me, it felt like a stage, like, let's agree to do this. Not, you know, not ask any really salient questions about Eccles and the occult. I can see that. Are, yeah, there's another, I mean, you can write an encyclopedia about Eccles' interest in the cult. It's, it's just off the charts. So oh, yeah. uh, that's an issue, so. Yeah, there's some uncomfortable associations. Uh, associations there. Oh he, yeah, he's friendly with CIA agents, you know. So he's he has this kind of thing where he's edgy, but there's certain stories he doesn't go into on that show. You know? Oh, totally. He's a total gatekeeper. Uh, he he's waffled on the moon landing. You know, to me, it's obvious that we didn't go. And you know, why would all the data be destroyed? And then Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know, he's he's a physicist. He's not a climate scientist, but like so many of these these shills, you know, they they feel they have the ability to communicate what we laity need to understand about all science at all times and, and upbraid us and correct us. And uh, Rogan falls for that. He plays the role and he let Neil deGrasse Tyson shame him into believing the official story of the moon landing publicly so it's kind of like you see this ritual taking place where okay i'm gonna walk it back i'm not i'm not so edgy anymore uh he did it with climate change he's done it with the moon landing he's what else has he waffled on um carbon tax is associated with climate change he went after candace owens for merely holding a different opinion and uh you know the gentleman i used to work with randall carlson actually i got him on joe's show and it took a long time I introduced him way back in 2008. Now, I didn't know Joe personally. I just realized that here's somebody that has a lot of potential to reach, uh, independently reach a lot of people outside of what was the mainstream matrix at the time. And so um, never never thought he would blow up to be the biggest podcaster of all time. You know, had some, some ideas that he'd be very popular, but, you know, I'm, I'm kind of surprised at how big he's gotten. Uh, but, yeah, he needs to be questioned and, you know... It, to me, it seems like he's he's compromised because he, he's he's covering up these issues. He won't deal with Building 7, 9-11. He, he gets like this deer in the headlights look anytime his friends bring it up. He's just like, change the subject, change the subject, yeah. you know. And I don't I respect mean, if that. He's, if he's trying to maintain the most popularity, he's doing a great job. So maybe that's really what he's trying to do is not be have very alienating positions that would alienate people. So That's right. Well, I mean, I mean you got to take everybody with a grain of salt, but he's he's super influential. I think he was right about the vaccines. He had those two guys, McCullough and Malone, on, which nobody right. else would touch. And everybody, those shows were super listened to, 25, 50 million listens or something crazy like that, because people were starved for that information that they were getting censored from. 
That's right. on the corporate media and the tech high big tech. So um, sometimes these characters they're not they're multifaceted. Yeah, so totally to his credit, I'm done... glad I'm glad he did cover them and allow a dissenting opinion in that regard. And he was pretty steadfast about saying, you know, you shouldn't be forced to take a vaccine. Uh, but, you know, he would also, he's gone on the record saying that we should just trust the experts about vaccines also. So it's kind of like he, he flows with whatever is popular and he's only edgy if it's something that's not going to get him canceled. Or, I mean, he's let 100 plus episodes be completely censored by Spotify for this 150 wow. million. So wow, that's amazing. It is. And he would allow that. If you look at his corporate sponsorship, I mean, he's very much a corporate figure. Yeah. He comes across <laughs> as not a corporate figure, but. The people advertising on his show are just like uh, the standard Fortune 500 company type people. So, oh, totally. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a little weird because you know when when they were when Alex Jones was beefing with Joe, he kind of called him out for like the CIA being involved in these kind of ayahuasca cults related to on it and to some of these affiliate businesses that Joe has, and they're pushing pushing, of course, like polyamory, and they're pushing. Uh, you know uh, the new age completely psychedelics i don't i don't have an issue with people wanting to use psychedelics i think they can have medicinal benefit it is dangerous territory though and uh, i think that you know we i'd like to hear a dissenting opinion of someone like robert forte who i had on previously who was right there in the thick of it with the the biggest names in psychedelics and he came to realize the truth of mk ultra and he's very courageous in speaking out about it but, you know, why can't Joe pick him out of all these people to discuss psychedelics? Why does it always have to be Michael Pollan or, you know, Paul Stamets, who, you know, is mostly benign. Uh, but Or say, uh, who's the guy from MAPS, uh, Rick Doblin, who's probably Mossad, is what I've heard. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so. I mean, did, did Forte make a tie between the popularity of psychedelics and MKUltra? Uh, yes, I, I think he's, he realizes that the whole thing was an op now. Um, but I think he's so experienced. He has seen, he, he, there's good and bad in the mix. You know, even Tim Leary, who, you know, I know Leary has publicly stated that he was a, a kind of like a, a defender of Crowley as well, but he carried on the work, carrying on, on his, the work. That bothered me, and it could be that he didn't realize that Crowley was, in fact, uh, you know, into sacrificing people. It could be that he just was kind of caught up in the moment of the the marketing, which is easy to do pre-internet. I could see. There's a definitely an expurgated version of Crowley that all the occultists promote: liberator, looking for human happiness, you know, get rid of those old traditions, deify yourself, mm. drugs and sex. That's the side that they. I think the '60s saw Crowley. Not the human sacrifice, child rape side. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I think that those those are what that's what people are promoting. They didn't see how awful Crowley was to other people too. He treated other human beings with contempt and passed and his kids, no relationship with his kids. I think he had five kids. Oh wow. There's never any story of Crowley like, you know, oh, I had a wonderful time with my children today. We went and went to the park and had a barbecue. Just didn't he just he was really super self-absorbed and selfish yeah so totally. people don't see that side of him you know, how awful he was and a snob a rich snob contempt for other people absolutely they don't talk about his views of uh slaves shall serve <laughs> human beings are cattle you know that type of thing you should shear them and eat their meat at your will so i would say that wasn't long with the like love and peace tradition of the 60s so they just saw that one side of him as kind of at least uh, leery 
they literally knew a lot more about Crowley than people, a lot of people know. And I think I included that in my book, Children of the Beast, because he was in the same oasis in Algeria as Crowley at one point, and he was aware of that. So he saw his life and Crowley's is kind of like almost synchronistically attached. He carried Crowley's I Ching sticks. So hmm. he had specific things about Crowley. He'd used Crowley's tarot deck. A lot of people don't see that aspect of Leary either. They just see him kind of like as a, you know, self-help hippie type person. But he was definitely into drugs and also, you know, wasn't pretty self, self-absorbed himself. And, you know, I think he admitted he was a CIA asset at one point and that he, had, he knew Huxley. I'm actually going to have a talk about with a guy who's a Huxley specialist on Friday about Brave uh, New World if anybody's interested in that. But O'Leary knew Huxley and kind of knew the issue of LSD. Like, there could be dangers with popularizing it, but he was for the popularizing of what can be a dangerous drug. Some people take those heavy drugs, ayahuasca, LSD, and they have psychotic breaks, and then some people feel like their whole worldviews change. So that's a roll of the dice. I don't know how you know what the likelihood of is but of it is but there's there were acid casualties in northern california where i grew up guys who took the wrong drugs and didn't make it so it's it's a lot more dangerous than people think of if you I take agree. a long long-term dosage i agree and and that's one of the things that robert was bringing up recently regarding michael Pollan being kind of this uh favorite guru status that he's been he's had uh foisted upon him by the new york times and oprah and all of the you know rogan all of these uh modern uh mockingbirds if you will they're they're singing his praises and he's got this documentary on netflix and so it's causing so many clinics well these drugs aren't legal yet so, but people are calling requesting them now because they want to be cured but a lot of them they're all they're already uh drug addled by modern pharmacy pharmacopoeia Modern pharmacia, so pharmacia maybe. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't. They just do a study where they found out that the antidepressant drugs Prozac are like nominally effective. Like they just that was just a giant scam. So many totally. of those pills are scams. That's just one of the many ones. You'd be much better off going out for a hike and going on a trip or something to to kind of break break any melancholy or anything like that than taking any pills. I wouldn't take any antidepressant pills. They're just a total, total farce. And if you're they not, put you in a fugue state, actually. There's actually wow. an association between antidepressants and just kind of being in a, a weird mental state. Wow. A lot of those shooters were on antidepressants. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's if you're not filtering your water, you're getting uh, like an amalgam of your environment, the people in your environment, you know, ingesting that stuff. It's ending up in your in your drinking water. And of course, the the foundation of Prozac is fluoride. So, yeah, I think it's so, called like hydroxychloroquine or something like oh, that. Yeah. It's like that's the name. It's uh, some kind of like fluoride thing. That's insane. <sighs> so, like people knew what these drugs were. They would just they would run and hide. Ugh. I know. I can't believe how pe people have been kind of hypno programmed through these television shows that the pills are the answer. That's what's really supporting all, even Fox. So these dummies on the right, I'm sorry, there's dummies on the left too, but that's why I don't even talk about political distinctions. Mm -hmm. But they're getting hammered by, I've been to places where they watch Fox News. They're getting absolutely hammered by pharmacy, uh, pharmaceutical, almost all the advertising is pharmaceuticals. 
Yes. And uh, brought to you by Pfizer. I mean, it's really off the charts. Like, I don't know how people subject themselves to that. I don't either. I mean, it, it must be that that hypnotic programming. It must be television and the repetition. And of course, it's it's a lot like Brave New World. Speaking of which, the Soma. You know, it's like you can you can go about the drudgery of of acquiescing to like the slave society as long as you have your Soma holiday, as long as you have your weekend warrior you know uh, rampage that you can do. That's enough to keep people from revolting. And the drugs, they're a big part of just just quelling that dissent and and keeping us uh, in a sleepwalking state. And then. They, they make us suggestible, you know, just like television. It puts us in that alpha state and, and you get, you know, the the, the, uh, the vision of someone like Oprah who's got this motherly kind of like uh, facade, you know, telling you, interviewing. Or the late night comedians and stuff. I just talked oh, about yeah. that. These late night comedians are some of the best mind <laughs> controllers and propagandists in history because you think you're watching comedy. They're just pounding these comedy bits, these themes of really – social programming at you like mocking people and doing things it's incredible when you really critically analyze the late night comedy shows they're i'm terrified of them like i don't look at them as comedy i'm like this is really profound these guys have incredible power man this is really something else it is and they have a team of writers behind them that you know they're just constantly carrying water for their their paymasters would you mind uh, ending the screen share i just wanted I, i'm having oh, a hard time to see no no problem i, I, I forgot we, ahead Oh, it's not a big deal. I think it records at full size anyway, but if not, I'll work it out. Okay, good. I can I can see your face now. Before it was like, you know, like that big. And I was like, sorry. No, no, no big deal at all. So uh, let's see. So uh, I've written several books. Are you are you working on anything at this moment? What What is your most recent book? The most recent one was called Global Death Cult, and it was kind of about the occultism and far-right uh, groups. Global, really went global. It came out of the UK, these kind of, Really, did not. We can go back and talk about the Nazis and how occult they were, were and Hitler were, which I think is really true. Uh, but th this new kind of post World War II far right tradition included a lot of new ideas, and the O Order of Nine Angles was really fusing this far right racism with occultism to try to kind of code towards a new kind of new kind of they called it a dark imperium, like some kind of new version instead of the third reich this kind of thing where they had a 300 year plan where they were going to see the the solar system like pretty crazy but they had a far-reaching plan and they had they had objectives and things like that but uh those ideas all are now dispersed they have little uh cells like a kind of like a terror cell they call them nexiums and they're all around and the reason i wrote the book is that there were events that were not connected to each other murders uh, shootings, uh, swattings, like a massive swatting operation. Uh, and they were happening globally. Russia, they, they were happening in Russia, the UK. There was actually a killing in downtown London. And these were guys who were getting ideas from all over the place through the internet. So I think the internet and treatment travels really change the dynamic globally for everything, even politics, but culture too, because there's these little small subsets. And that's what I tried to, to map out in global death cult is that these ideas and really what the ideas are about killing people like you're supposed to cold the population which is why i call it cold global death cult and some of these elites believe in cold population too which is kind of a strange over overlay but doesn't involve it's not involved in the subject matter of this book uh but that's the, and it tied into my research came out of the research of into the smiley face killers which is this phenomenon of young men going out at night 
they're 18 to college age disappearing to later be found in water. So I did two documentaries on that. And it was like, what's the motivation? Why are people doing this? I saw kind of a homosexual gay angle, hmm. but there were a lot of the victims were gay. I think an over proportion were gay. Uh, the ones that I studied, but then somebody came out to me, Igor Sarsky, and he said, Hey, have you ever heard of this group? They believe in going out at night and doing nefarious stuff. I said, no, I don't know who they are, but I'd studied Crowley. I know a lot about it, about the occult milieu. And so then it was like, well, oh, so you're supposed to go out and select an offer and kill them to get past, to go up this lab, the septenary way in this group. And I was like, oh, wow, that sounds interesting. So that's really what led the book, but led to the book. But there were interesting overlaps. The founder guy supposedly is David Myatt, who's in the far right, who knew kind of the far right characters in the UK, but also was in communication with the Temple of Set and literally had hmm. correspondence between himself and Michael Aquino, where they're wow. talking about their version of Satanism. And that's in, I think, the second or third chapter of my book. They're called The Letters of Stephen Brown. So this guy's write, writing under different pseudonyms. Same writing style, which is kind of telling. It's a you know, writing styles are kind of a signature. You really can, a specialist really can get your handle of grammar, language, and, and really kind of is an imprint. And I found that his, not a, I'm not a specialist. I wasn't trained in that, but very similar writing under different names. But it's interesting to see them writing because Myatt's like saying, oh, we're more real Satanists than you. You're fake. We don't even believe in the Christian paradigm of, satan and god you know they're we're we're believing these dark gods and so they have this whole different kind of worldview but that was my most recent book and I, I think that and some of these guys that i was writing about haven't even been properly tried there's a guy here woodard in orange county and i think the another guy who killed somebody von nudigem in toronto haven't been tried i think this guy one of the guys who was trying to set up his army team his name is Meltzer. Just got, and he was in the same jail as uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. So he had been arrested and it's a federal charge. His name is Meltzer. But you can look up all these guys in my book. But the, these are all very current events. And I think that um, I think that it's kind of like uh, we're in for kind of a new phase of a political system, but also a new cultural system where people are going to be able to communicate in small cells and small groups. And I think that's just what happened. So I tried to delineate and detail that in this book, Global Death Cult. Interesting. And it seems uh, there's these parallels to the founding of the Theosophical Movement. Who I, I'm, I had an interview with a guy named Joe Atwill, uh, you may be familiar with. And, and Joe has done a lot of research alongside of uh, these LaRouche scholars named Anthony Chaikin. He's mostly reporting Mr. Chaikin's work. Uh, and it's fascinating because it shows you how the New Age and, and Nazism were wed from the outset. And I wanted to ask you uh, along those lines, so Crowley, was he the, do you believe he was Jack the Ripper? No, was... but he does have a tie into the Ripper. There is a story that's not even a lot of Crowley scholars know. There was a woman who went to his Abbey of Thelema and she was called Tiger Woman. I can't remember. She wrote a book called Tiger Woman. And she is really fascinating. She's a really feisty uh, woman who conflicted with Crowley and they had a real battle. It's actually kind of amusing to watch because she was he was threatening to sacrifice her and kill her and she was like trying to undercut him. She was the girlfriend of a guy who died at the Abbey. His name was Raul Loveday. But during in that book, Tiger Woman, if you read it in her section, she talks about 
being at the Abbey and out Al and Alistair Crowley coming to her and saying, these are the ties that uh, Jack the Ripper used to commit the killings in England. So he thought he had artifacts. He told her he had artifacts of that crime. And it's, it's kind of an interesting, I can send you that. Uh, I've sent it to other people who are interested about the Ripper. I do think that the, the thesis that it was uh, Masonic and mm. something was going on, like the From Hell thesis, Alan Moore view is is probably more correct, is that there was somebody involved in the royal family that got somebody pregnant and they just killed a bunch of people to cover up the actual one person that they wanted dead. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, there's. I, I visited... Um... I think it was near Manchester, Leeds, for the first time. I went to England, and uh, we passed through Yorkshire uh, on the way there, and it just, I could feel this this kind of strange energy about the place, and then later I realized, like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of mystery killings and a lot of uh, Satanist out here, <laughs> so. Right. I yeah. mean, the, what do they call the Moors murderers and stuff happened there? That guy was a Satanist. Yeah. I forgot his name. It was. Uh, Whitechapel murders. And... Yeah. There's a lot, and there were. Uh... Yorkshire Ripper was up there. Jimmy Savile was sometimes up there. Oh, yeah. Savile was just moving around the country, committing all kinds of crazy crimes. Oh, uh, what a freak that guy was! And for yeah. him to be, you know, paraded in a kids show it just shows you how much they they love mocking their victims. It's so yeah. sick. I think that they get some kind of charge on the insider charge that they know it's a, it's something pretty. It's a duper's delight type thing where they know they're playing everybody, and yes. the insiders know. So I think if you're in a secret society that's like one of the internal pleasures like perverse pleasures is like you're on the inside we joe knows i know but none of these other 50 people know you know that kind of thing totally. like they don't know what we do on old hours or what kind of rituals or oto rituals and i think that that's actually part of the power of cults of all different stripes yes is that there's an inside information and in that they all have that same view like the slave shall serve this is the herd we have the inside knowledge we can rule we can dominate these people we can use these people and, i think and, that's what Savile was doing like hmm. he would have i mean he would have different uh women every night like he was just like he was like he was uh super predator like r kelly or something like that like, <laughs> yeah crazy stuff even even worse than r kelly <laughs> even worse he was buried oh, yeah. at a 45 degree angle so what? he was buried at the witch's burial and you can even look this up. Like he wanted to be put in his coffin like this. What? That is so, so he could bizarre. face. I think it was that he wanted to face the rising sun. It's something yeah. to do about that. So about the occult. So he was an occultist through and through. Yeah. He talked about the will. He had all. He was always spitting stuff uh, to people who didn't know what he was talking about. Like there's, it's amazing. Oh yeah! Wow. That, Very that's... deep deep crazy stuff man. he didn't even have to check himself when he walked into buckingham palace he would just walk right in nobody would check his bag he would just say i'm here i'm gonna go see the, you know the stuff and those uh these those two brothers with the duke of windsor and the duke of york prince charles and prince andrew they were much more tied to, to epstein is my understanding than the public knows yeah and uh there's and... been allegations of it they were all in there I think it was uh, Andrew's wedding. It was Weinstein, Elaine Maxwell, and Epstein were there. This is like 15 years ago. Oh, man. They felt yes. they were untouchable then. I think they did, yeah. I think they were thought they were untouchable all the way through because they had probably blackmailed everybody. <laughs> I think they blackmailed the entire American cultural 
political and business elite. That's really what they were after. Anybody with any kind of elite status, blackmail, blackmail. Yes. So many people, I heard a story, I don't know if this is true, but there were parties, I think Epstein died on like a Saturday or Sunday morning, that there were parties in the Hollywood Hills celebrating his death, preceding his death. <laughs> wow. So they knew that the time was coming. And so they were part, they were happy because they were off the hook. So all that blackmail material is no longer in their hands. Or so they, or so they think, right? Because it could be that the NSA. It looks like uh, Admiral Rogers and uh, Michael Flynn and others are involved in a, a counter coup with the Q operation. And uh, uh, I'm curious if you've looked into that at all, and if you have any any opinion on the on the matter. I don't. I mean, I don't think Q has, has any meaningful statements. I think the meaning is how they're able to corral all those people into believing that. So I think it's a it's a successful psychological operation, mm. but I don't think that they really have any. I think their first drop was Hillary Clinton will be in jail, but I, I think that they've really captured the the imagination of people. Like mm. I don't think that JFK Jr. is alive, but when they said JFK Jr. was going to show up, mm -hmm. I mean this is like a conspiriana, conspiratorial Anna kind of environment. Well, they said JFK Jr. was going to show up at Dealey Plaza. At a certain time, and like ten thousand, no, a thousand people showed up. Do you hear that? Like, there's I mean, so many people who believe that he's actually going to come out of the woodwork. Well, there's a lot of things where, uh, you know, the way that they're able to authenticate whether or not it's Q is because you only post on, say, 4chan, and then you move to 8chan, and 8chan became 8kun, and it was revealed that 8kun was actually the server was a DoD server. So it's like, so the whole thing is a psyop, and there's there are these continuing revelations, like the most recent uh, campaign video released by Donald Trump, the name of the song in the background is Where We Go When We Go All. And Mike, Michael Flynn himself with his brother and his family on the 4th of July, they affirmed their oaths to the Constitution and they signed off with Where We Go When We Go All. I, Jack Flynn, do solemnly swear, do solemnly swear, that I will support and defend, that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States, the Constitution of the United States, against all enemies, foreign and domestic, against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I take this obligation freely, that I take this obligation freely, without any mental reservation, without any mental reservation, or purpose of evasion, or purpose of evasion. And that I will well and faithfully. And that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties. Discharge the duties of the office on which I am about to enter. Of the office of which I am about to enter. So help me God. So help me God. Where we go, one we go all. Where we go, one we go all. God bless America. God bless America. So I, it is a successful psyop. I understand a lot personally because I've I've been kind of like glued to it for so long. I've I've seen a lot of the misgivings and I understand where they come from like absolutely if, if, if Q had said JFK Jr. was going to come back I don't think he actually ever said that and I think in, in the if you go to qpost.online you can search like JFK Jr. and I think they addressed it and like no he's dead so it was one of these things that was you know attributed to Q but was not actually generated from Q so do you think that Q is legit, like they're actually sending legitimate information to the public, or are they just dragging them along to kind of psychologically group them and manipulate them to be against the present system? Like, I think that, that like, if you call everybody a pedophile drinking adrenochrome, mm. and Hillary Clinton is a criminal, she, is, she should have been indicted, obviously. <laughs> uh, 
but I think that that's that's like okay, we're all thinking in the same herd. We're all thinking with the same mind. If you're all, how many people are following Q? Millions, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're all thinking in the same mind, then you've successfully put together a whole bunch of people who are taking this information they think is coming from some high, you know, top secret guy, right? Well, you know, there have been a lot of uh, disclosures and foreshadowing that have supported that is legitimate. So, for instance, you know, before Trump ever set foot in Korea, they were foreshadowing that this there's going to be this huge meeting in the summit in Asia. And uh, there's so many dozens, if not hundreds of Q proofs. So it is it is elaborate. So, for instance, you brought up the uh, the first Q uh, post. It says, you know, Hillary Clinton's going to be arrested on 11-3. Well, in the law of war manual which is the, the, the legal procedure for continuity of government actions in the event that the White House is seized by a foreign uh, government. 11.3 actually relates to that coding. So it's, it's almost a lot like a, in Kabbalism, you know, you have these correspondences and then you have reversals. And so the, the cant or the green language with 11.3, if you reverse it 3.11, that's the first date that COVID was declared a pandemic. So you have two correspondences that are that gives it still allows plausible deniability for Trump because if he ever admits that until you know the deep state actors are arrested, we'll see what happens on October 11th with this uh, trial with Danchenko, who's part of the Crossfire Hurricane operation, and John Durham, you know the most successful uh, attorney general in United States history, helped uh, take out Whitey Boulder and all the the Boston uh, mob. He's on the case, and so it could be what happened at Mar-a-Lago is just to set precedence for then raiding Hillary and others. And these are the types of uh, uh, things that they would reveal to their audience by and by, where you're kind of misdirected in one direction. They might repeat, say, watch the water, watch the water, or, uh, you know, future proves past. And then Trump might tweet that same day something related, just written in different terminology. So instead of future proves past, we have to look to the past to see what's happening in the present. But if you look over all the Q drops, there was a well, recent one too, right? Like some people were talking about these Q drops. What good has come out of that? Have they educated people? Have they edified them? Have they told them to do something? Or has any constructive, beneficial action in the real world taken place? When the Q public campaign was initiated, and if that had any relation to when US Attorney John Durham was appointed, and until Q posed this question, I think it had somehow evaded Anons that, coincidentally, both of these commenced on October 28th, 2017. Q linked to a Twitter user who picked up on this coincidence and asked, what are the odds of that? Mathematically impossible? The truth is right in front of you. So it seems that this is Q's hint that it will be the Durham report which brings about the full force of the storm. In late November of 2019, the 8th Kuhn administrator announced that there would be some routine maintenance to the forum and that these procedures would result in all user trip codes being reset. The Q team then informed Anons how they would confirm their new trip code after the reset by describing an image they intended to post featuring a notebook, pen, watch and desk. The update then took place on November 26th after which Q didn't post again over the following seven days. But when they did reappear on December 2nd, we see that the first post using their new trip code was another zero delta, with Q posting just 49 seconds 
prior to a tweet by President Trump. Q then posted again to share President Trump's tweet, saying, Trip Iden Delta minus one, which is Q's way of prompting Anons to create a graphic to illustrate this Delta proof. This request was promptly fulfilled, and Q shared the graphic, saying, Trip confirmed. And coincidentally, this post was another zero Delta, with the president posting his next tweet just 12 seconds later. So if we just pause a second to take that in, Q was silent for seven days, and then with his first three posts, got two zero deltas with successive tweets by President Trump. This coincidence wasn't fully acknowledged by Q at the time, but several weeks later, when responding to an Aikun user posting about deltas, Q asked, What about when verifying our new trip, re-project DCOMs, i.e. our calling shot, standard deviation broken, greatest statistical anomaly witnessed, or... So when we see a shill on Twitter remarking that zero delta is not a thing, it's shotgunning the same thing a strip mall psychic does, well, I'm not sure about you, but to me this looks like highly precise marksmanship. Shortly after these deltas on December 2nd, Q made several more drops, firstly to share the image of a watch that they stated they would, and we note the time on the watch was 1.29. Q then followed this by posting an old drop, highlighting a marker set two years earlier, hinting at how the Inspector General report, set to be released on December 9th, would be a first step towards delivering justice. Q observers then began to wonder if this date, along with the time on Q's watch, would be related to the release of the IG report. Then, sure enough, on December 9th, the IG report was released, and coincidentally, three different Justice Department accounts all tweeted about the report at exactly 1.29. Q then posted to say, Timing is important. How many coincidences... Use of coincidence is essential not to violate national security. Before mathematically impossible, Pfizer equals start. President Trump then commented on the release of the report, and there were a few things that he said which pricked up the ears of those of us who have been following Q. Well, they fabricated evidence and they lied to the courts, and they did all sorts of things to have it go their way. And this was something that... Uh, we can never allow ha to happen again. The report actually, and especially when you look into it and the details of the report, are far worse than anything I would have even imagined. What they were doing and what they would have done if I didn't make a certain move, a certain move that was a very important move, because it would have been even worse if that's possible. And they might have been able to succeed. This was an overthrow of government. This was an attempted overthrow. And a lot of people were in on it, and they got caught. They got caught red-handed. And I look forward to the Durham report, which is coming out in the not-too-distant future. Uh, it's got his own information, which is this information, plus, plus, plus. That's a great question. And see, I appreciate you, because I don't have all the answers. And I, and I just appreciate the dialogue, because we all get a chance to see where the weakness in our argument might be. Uh, I have seen, okay, so say, for instance, at the height of the BLM riots, the left were 
essentially performing an insurrection and they're just destroying our, our infrastructure. You know, they're bombing cities. We know that the, the neo-Marxist Democrats, that's what they want. They want more people uh, downtrodden and dispossessed so they can more easily corral them and say, well, we'll save you with bailouts. So Q kept more, I could say that it kept more patriots from going out and engaging with them in what could be easily twisted like January 6th, where, look, the establishment was so corrupt, if you ended up in that fracas, chances are you're going to jail for years, even if you're totally they're, innocent. They're not getting their constitutional rights. They're not getting a speedy trial. Some of those guys have committed suicide. The oh, jailers man. aren't, where some of them aren't even American. It's just turned out to be a total disaster. What? They said of, January six was a trap. Yeah, it was, and 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 to to, it's it's there's a lot of things that I don't like. I don't like that Trump has come out and said, you know, I support the vaccine. The vaccine's great, but I have heard the argument. There's a guy named Mr. Truthbomb who puts out great uh, Q compilations and answers a lot of questions like these on BitChute. You know, he's usually uh, kicked off of YouTube anytime he posts new material. Uh, he was he was describing. Um, the reason for Operation Warp Speed was that if Trump hadn't rushed it ahead, they wouldn't have been able to force him to get experimental status for the vaccines. And in so doing, they could prevent the legal mandate, which is something that would have forced Americans to all Americans to maybe line up. And, you know, you could see where the police and the National Guard, et cetera, could be corralled by an occupying force to go ahead and, you know, inoculate, quote unquote, everyone with these experimental weapons. And so... Uh, it reminds me there's a there's a book called the Hagakure or the Book of Shadows. It's about like it's a compilation of like samurai wisdom. And there's a story where there was a, you know, wildfires and fires in villages was a, a perennial existential threat for villages in Japan. And so there was a fire in the city and there was people running to get away from the inferno and they didn't realize it. But the bridge was out connecting them to the next town. And so there's a stampede of people and there's a story of one samurai. He, he observed, you know, the oncoming hordes in their panic state rushing to their death. So he took out his, his blade and he cut down a few people. And then that caused the crowd to stop in their tracks. And I hate to say it, but when it comes to warfare, it could be that we are going to have that un, unavoidable casualties and collateral damage that could have prevented even larger mass genocide that would have left all of our population weakened. And those are difficult decisions to make. And, and um, I would say, you know, Trump has done a lot, given that he's a billionaire and he lost so much of his personal value and that they're always trying to kill him. That, to me, it seems there is something, he's a legitimate threat to these people. I would like to reiterate that President Trump has made clear, with respect to COVID measures, he opposes mandates. Preventative measures and treatments are a matter of choice for each person. And the schools must reopen to allow the children get back into classrooms to avoid permanent scarring to their lives. There is a reason he has to endorse the vaccine. We are in the middle of a military operation in World War III. As I've said many times before, President Trump goes by the law of war. Trump publicly told us that we are at war and that he was a wartime president. I'm really happy with the job we're doing, and I'm glad that this team and me are here for this horrible thing. I mean, it's a number of people have said it, but, and I feel it, actually. I'm a wartime president. This is a war. This is a war, different kind of a war that we've ever had.
The globalists' plan involved starting COVID once Hillary won. When she didn't, they waited until the last year of President Trump's term to roll out for several different reasons. They wanted to use it to cover up election fraud, promote more fear to take away people's rights, and of course their depopulation agenda. The deep state cabal also waited until the last year of Trump's presidency to do this pandemic scamdemic, so it would not give him enough time to make a vaccine. So, they could then present one that could be approved by the FDA and mandated for all. President Trump's counter-move was to try to get rid of the deep state pandemic control by fear. Expose Big Pharma and ensure a quick vaccine would have to be labelled experimental and not be mandated. He had to weigh up both options. Tell America the vaccines are part of a big pharma globalist plan to depopulate the world, or endorse it. So let's again think about the consequences of each decision. If he warned the public, the mainstream media would mock him again, calling him a failure, hype COVID even more, demand a real vaccine, and he then wouldn't be able to expose their voter fraud and make thousands of arrests to expose the deep state plan. And turn things around naturally with the public waking up. He would have to stop the election fraud before it could be seen, take an office for a second term and forced his hand, resulting in chaos and a certain civil war with the mainstream media fanning the flames and increasing the public terror. By endorsing the vaccine and initiating warp speed, President Trump saved us from years and years of lockdowns. While the NWO implemented their Great Reset. Also, if we waited five years for the vaccine, it would have been FDA approved and therefore 100% forced and mandatory. But because it's still experimental, it's not. And he's done that on purpose. No doubt, yeah. It's, a, it's like uh, the culture is entrenched, it's corrupt. They've probably been stealing votes for 20 years, and Trump oh, yeah. wants something different. So he's just a threat to all of them, both sides, really the Republicans and the Democrats. That's why so many Republicans didn't help him, and that's, yeah. When, when, that, when they stole the election in the middle of the night, a lot of the <laughs> right didn't help him out either. Yeah. Nobody came to his defense. No legal person came to his defense. I mean, it's really incredible. That silence by so many parts of the political establishment still leaves me stunned. Mm. Like, wow, nobody's going to do anything. They're all in on it. They all wanted <laughs> to get rid of him. He was too independent. I mean, at least they didn't lure him down to Dallas and blow his head off, right? They, they, they yeah. figuratively decapitated him. He was probably in shock, too. 
So, well, I mean, I don't think Joe Biden even, like, he didn't even, like, uh, campaign the last week of his presidential oh, campaign because yeah, right. they knew they had it in the bag. They were going to cover it. They weren't going to lose. So they were going to get the fake ballots. They were going to get the voting machines. Oh, yeah. They had a belt and suspenders and everything to make sure that they weren't, they were going to pull through. And that's really what happened to January 6th. That's the part the left always meets, leaves out of January 6th is that they really were complaining about a legitimate, you know, loss, which is a legitimate crime. I mean, if you steal the election, that's really what all everybody was there about was stop the steal, right? Absolutely. In, so in yeah, the... we're in a, we're in like a post republic uh, country. I hope people realize that. Like, oh yeah, they're going to probably try to do it again. They're going to probably try to do it again in November. So they're probably plotting to find a way to steal. And then these electronic voting machines are a disaster for the whole country. That's why you have two incompetents who are running the country right now. Joe Biden's mentally not there. And when Kamala Harris talks, I think a third third grade teacher has more gravitas than she does. It's incredible. <laughs> I like, this is like the future of like the, the United States where somebody gets a job, they don't have the talent for it. That's like, well, how did you get, how did, were you even like the uh, attorney general of, the, of California? Like, like wow, Yeah. So she incredible. slept, her, she slept her way to the top and she's totally incompetent. And uh, what else is going on with Kamala? Well, she's she's almost black, right? Like she's she's white appearing black, and so it's, it reminds me of Colin Powell. It reminds me of Obama. You know, she can play both sides of the race card that is always in play. I wanted to ask you. Uh, let's see. So we talked about Q a little bit, and and you're a Christian. Are you a particular denomination of Christian? Uh, I and... was uh, raised Catholic, but I would say like I read the Bible a lot. I've done a lot of studying, so I kind of in. Kind of like I go to Presbyterian Church, but I would de define myself as a Bible-believing Christian. So the right Old on. Testament, New Testament. So I try, you know, I try. I definitely went through kind of like that pop, like late teens, where I was like, okay, what's really out there? So I read everything. I read Buddhism, Hinduism, Judaism. Uh, coming from Christianity, so I had a broader thing. I looked at Orthodox. Uh, looked at Muslim, you know, the whole thing. I, I never got it tuned at all to the Quran. It's very different to me. But I think just through, I think that I that's, I have a spiritual worldview. I do not have a materialist worldview. Something else is going on. We're not, we were, man is not some random creation of, of cells. There's too much sophistication in just the human hand, which I keep popping up. Uh, there's too much sophistication in human mind. Human beings are incredibly complex. The capacity of the way people think, forward thinking, capacity of self-awareness of themselves, their personality, death, all that stuff. It's super complex. So, and if you can just, and Darwin had no clue about that. He had, you can go back and look at Darwin's graphs of like a single human cell. And it's like, there's a nucleus and there's a cell and that's it. And the exact opposite is true. Every human cell is about as active as, rush hour on manhattan like wow. there's just massive complexity in there and the folding of the proteins yes is actually an argument against randomness because the way proteins fold together and unlock themselves in unchief is so complex you it's hard for somebody i want somebody like these dawkins characters or sam harris yeah sam harris to tell me how how that randomly happened from two 
cells and some primordial soup with a mm. lightning bolt hitting it. I love the lightning bolt because the lightning bolt is like, hey, we're gonna get some Satanism in this too. So, right. uh, yeah. So I'm not a I'm not a Darwinist. I'm not a Marxist. I don't think the system we're in is fair, but that doesn't mean that my solution is some kind of Marxist solution. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I would say I'm a Bible. I, I would recommend for people, not even I mean, people mm-hmm. have a, a, a negative view of Christianity because a lot of these guys are frauds. Like a lot of these pastors and people on TV are frauds. So I would recommend for people just to get a good copy of a good version of the Bible, good English translation, and read it for themselves, and to make make a look at it independently of anybody else. That's what I did. So I didn't go through the Catholic view of what's this, but I read through and you go, okay, where does it say Orthodox? Where does it say Catholic? Where does it say a Pope? What does it say about these priests? Oh, let's mm. go back through Christ in Jerusalem. He's saying, woe to you, O priests and Pharisees, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. And all, I mean, they could leave so much out of the, the Bible in common talks because a lot of the teachers don't want to fall under condemnation is what I found out. So it's a very, the gospels are very well written. They're very sophisticated. There's a lot of stuff that's in there that a lot of people didn't even know about. For example, revelation, like Mm -hmm. Luther thought that revelation shouldn't be in the Bible. It didn't make sense to him. He thought it was just some kind of fantasy. Well, you look at book of revelation. Now you're just watching it fulfill itself on the daily. They're going to put something in your hand and your hair like 2000 years ago, you know, Christ's favorite, arguably favorite disciple, John, is on the Isle of Patmos writing all this down, and now it's coming into view. So two, thousands of years of Christians just included this book in the canon, and here it is. And then Crowley himself takes it and perverted the whole thing. He has his own stuff out of beast. He called himself a beast. Yes. So my Christian view is not, I would I like to think it's not adulterated by current christian sects or uh groups like uh certain certain denominational views i would say so i think it's a primitive christian i think i would accept that and i think that christ is it's not some aryan or black he's jewish if you believe the genealogy in matthew so i think that he was the offspring of the line of david so i think that's all true and i mean he fed all the things for the Messiah, the prophecies for the Messiah mm-hmm. in scripture that already existed. So riding into Jerusalem on an ass and all that stuff like that. So, and his actions, behavior, like they didn't expect to see that in that thing. That I think that's, they didn't, the people at that time didn't expect to see a personage like that. They expected a king who's going to conquer their enemies and, you know, set, the, set himself up on a throne. So his throne Christ's throne was much more profound than a worldly king, in my opinion. That, that is the conquest of sin and death. Like that is a true triumph that every human being has in their mind. Like how what, what's gonna happen when we die? Hmm. We're all nobody's ever made it out of here alive, even Christ. And then what's the right path? What's the right what's God want? What is God what's if we're created by some being What's the bright path for each of us? And I think that that was really the core of the ministry of Christ is say, this is the way God wants you to be, the Beatitudes, be a servant, not a master, love your brother. Who's your neighbor? Your neighbor is the good Samaritan. It's not just somebody who lives next to you. It's the concept of the neighbor. It's everybody. So all those things are listed out. And I think that 
that's the differentiation of, of this person from you know this other kind of like hippie christ or um christ consciousness or something else so like there's an actual written guide for the way god wants you to live your life life as soul by the son of god right so i don't believe in like the well, we can get into theology no this is great I, I don't have the standard theological view of like the trinity mm -hmm. like they're all one being and they all separated i think actually think christ is says he's going to the right hand of the father so they're different personages and i think that's true he's always praying to the father mm. he's not praying to himself um and there's a lot of complexity because it gets more deep because then he says my I and my father are one in jerusalem i am which is the way that in hebrew that would have shocked to the Jews at that time, because that Yahweh was says, "I am what I am. I am the I am." Right? I can't remember. I have to go back and look at it. But when he said, "I am what I am," the Sanhedrin probably freaked out. But I do think that they're different people, and this Holy Spirit is something, some other kind of presence. So I don't have that kind of like mm -hmm. triune God view, which I think a lot of people can send me emails and scream at me. That's fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway. That's kind of the gist of it. So that's kind of like my worldview. After reading a lot, I'm not a perennialist. There is wisdom all over the world. There's Gnostic ideas. Even at the beginning of Christ's church, there's always differences between what's the true teaching and what's the not, kind of Gnostic views. So there were there were definitely conflicts very, from the start. Conflicts were at the inception, really. But those are they're still playing out today, 2,000 years later. That's true. But uh, yeah, so that's really my kind of worldview. Well, I appreciate and it's it developed because... over time. Yeah, I mean, I'm 53, so I'm old, older. So I, I'm try, I try to be a little more seasoned, maybe hopefully wiser. Right on, man. Well, I, I appreciate that. You know, you're you're a Christian who's embodying these principles, and you're going after the people that are violating goodness in this planet, and you're exposing them, and that protects people. And I think that's that's the an honorable way that I've seen Christians perform in life throughout time is that they're willing to put themselves in danger to help their fellow man. And, you know, Christ, the, the image of him upturning the tables in the temple and, and calling out the the uh, usury central bankist of the day, you know, for their crimes. And so we're still suffering under that yoke. Um, but I'm also, you know, uh, I don't pretend to have the final say and I will do my due diligence and read the Bible without any uh, filtering. You know, just see what I see in a similar yeah, manner. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's such an important process. But see I it also, for yourself, your own mind's eye, like without any of that kind of calcification that's happened over time, a lot of false doctrines in Christianity, go, go read the Bible for yourself. And then, you know, you, you kind of have to sit and say, we don't know everything, but there's a lot. Somebody wrote that those gospels who knew somebody who was there at the time. Like, I think that's pretty much proven. And it goes against Joe while Caesar's Messiah. Like this is, I, I, I'll, I'll put something together for Bain. I'll put something together for Atwell too. Well, you know, Mr. Atwell is a total gentleman, and and I think he he has the utmost respect for Christians. He really and he 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 honors their virtues, and he he says at the outset, like, look, I don't want to disparage any Christian whatsoever. Like, he doesn't proclaim to have the final knowledge. I think he just he has very interesting theories that are supported regarding the uh, the sequencing between, say, uh, the the battle campaign of Titus and Jesus's ministry, and. Um, I don't think whatever machinations may exist in scriptures throughout time, all scriptures, because maybe 
by coming through man, they're inevitably uh, flawed. Uh, I still think there's a good God and that we do have a plan and that there's there's something, the, the Christ-like spirit to be good and pure and loving, I think that will be our saving grace no matter what. It's And, and you know, uh, JFK, you know, he, <laughs> interestingly enough, you know, he may have come to God, come to Jesus under the influence of acid. So I think there's, you know, God can make people wake up in so many ways and play these incredible roles. Totally. You just don't know. Look at, I mean, the Paul is a perfect example. Here's the persecute, chief persecutor of the Christians flips. Hmm. So I think like right now there's probably the same thing happening. There's probably occultists out there <laughs> who are going to flip and there's probably Christians yes. who are going to freaking collapse. They're going to wilt under the, pressure. the pressures of the world. Those, you know, some people can't take the, the buffets of the wind, you know, the strong gusts of wind. So that's why that's why you can't really judge or persecute anybody because you don't really know how they're going to progress. I've seen Christians. There's a lot of known Christians who have renounced the faith hmm. and gone back to atheism or whatever. So it happens. It happens both ways. Totally. Wow. Okay. So this is really fascinating topics. And, and you know, it, if you'd be interested, maybe in the future we could have a round table and, and just a nonchalant sure, conversation. Because uh, Joe, he's uh, I had him on the show, and he was actually the theme was describing how uh, Zionism came came out of Theosophy and British Freemasonry, and that's oh, an un oh, it's a great episode. It's it's fascinating to see you know these moneyed elites conspiring, using quasi religion, creating the syncretic org. It's it's Freemasonry, you know. So that's what they do. But yeah. the Jews have always like said next year in Jerusalem. They know Jerusalem has been their holy city. They were just diaspora. Mm -hmm. So the Zion, we can get into that. Sure. But Herzl, Herzl yes. was at the what was it? The trial of um, what was it? JAQs. It was uh, in France. So he saw the kind of older entrenched powers, you know, against the Jews, which in most of the, the conservatives. U.S. is strange. It's not like other old country places where the conservatives are really anti-Semites, anti-Jews. There's a lot of conservatives and Jews in our right here, or right, sorry, but yes, but in the right here. But mm -hmm. totally, um, I can't remember the guy's name. It was, uh, that was Dreyfus Affair. The Dreyfus Affair. So Herzl's at the Dreyfus Affair. Realized the persecutions there. So it's a. It was a long process, and I'm, I'm sure that the Holocaust solidified those people like we got to get out of here we're not safe they weren't safe they were proven not to be safe the holocaust was a disaster because it would the germans kind of facilitated it they were the bad but they went into some of these countries in the far right there were involved too so estonia all the way to croatia to some of these other places hungary like they ukraine so it was it's very super ugly i mean the world war ii oh yeah in uh eastern europe was just like the, some of the most awful stuff happened in really human history I, I don't know what could rival that really i think the mongols like even they rolled through these countries they were merciful they like would just chop your head off and not torture you <laughs> you know like yeah. something happened in the east or like they put them in they're horrible camps and stuff it was terrible yeah it, anyway it, and, and so some... you can see like, you can see the push for zionism for people who have that faith and want to go back to Jerusalem. I mean, it's, we can talk about that. I mean, that's one of the signs of the end of the world is the Jews have returned to, Interesting. to, to the Holy Land. Yeah. 
you know, and I'm when it comes to eschatology, um, I think there's a way where people could be programmed to have these expectations also. So say say someone were an elitist and they wanted to bring the fear of, of God to a head, you know, they could mimic, you know, things written in these books and make them play out, even according to a particular date. And uh, there's a book called The uh, Temple at the Center of Time, and it describes how, um, uh, what was his name, uh, Isaac Newton was obsessed with the Temple of Solomon and the proportions therein. And he thought that it was essentially the, the codex of the lost knowledge of Atlantis and, uh, and that it was also God's word, you know, that, that God had in fact ordered this temple to be made and that it linked us through time to these specific dates where these massive events and shifts of consciousness and wars would take place. They were actually encoded numerically. Uh, but I, I'm of the opinion that that can be exploited too, because if you can say, for instance, predict an eclipse, you know, you'd be able to subdue a population similar to, I think it was in the film Apocalypto. Who was it? Uh, right, Apocalypto, yeah, I remember that. Who was the conquistador? I forget his name. Hernand Cortez. Thank you. And so Cortez, you know, having that, that technical advantage was able to, you know, tell these people, look, you're going to anger God, so you better act right. And, um, but I, that being said, I don't mean that I, I don't have anything against people who are just trying to honor God and be good and live Christ-like ways. I think that is the really what the source of, of, of saving grace is, is that people identify with the beauty of Christ and they say, you know, let me be that hero. Let me be that protector. And uh, I, you see the most beautiful displays. Like I remember in Houston, there was a flood a few years back and just all manner of people came together and they're saving each other's families from these waters. And that that's America to me. It's the, once the mainstream media is torn down, I'd love to see much more positive, you know, life affirming media take its place. Cause yeah. that's what they we done. have to get rid of this media. <laughs> yeah. The corporate media that rules over us is poison. They're totally. literally poisoning our minds, souls, like, if you follow their advice, like you're going to end up killing yourself with drugs or the, the shot or something like it's that it's that it's almost like they're at war with us. So totally. you have to get rid of them. They're not life affirming. No. They're all I don't know how anybody can. I don't care what political stripe Fox is just as bad. You all have to go. I, like true. I would almost like if somebody invited me on a TV show, I almost don't think I could go on there. Like I just can't. I can't. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't respect any of you. You're all, you're all, <laughs> Compromised. you're terrible, yeah. terrible people. It's true. Yeah, it is very strange that the Luciferians they're able to find their own and and recruit yeah. them and turn them into. And I guess they're sociopaths, you know, at birth, or maybe they're they're made that way of something like uh, Brave New World. Too much alcohol in the surrogate, maybe it numbs the soul. Maybe it's the cal the calcium. Excuse me, the fluoride calcifying the pineal. Yeah. I mean, I think that people make that choice. How am I going to go through the world? Am I, you know, they maybe have felt like they got stepped on. So I'm going to step on. So it's like the cycle of abuse. Mm. Like, oh, nobody was out there for me. So I'm not going to be out there for anybody. I'm a Darwinist. This is all about status. And we're only here for, you know, a short period of time. I'm getting all I want because when I'm dead, I'm gone. There's nothing to fight for. I mean, think about those people with that kind of worldview. Yeah. Like the Darwin, like I think about it, there's non-spiritual worldview. There's a lot of materialists out there. You're just here and you're done. And there's no meaning. Like, <laughs> there's nothing. You're not trying to prove yourself for the next world. or Even even the Muslim, uh, the Hindus, like, I'm trying to do the right thing so I can be reincarnated in a better 
incarnation and be, you know, be blessed in the future and stuff like that. So they're, you know, thinking about that too. But think about some of these people here who are just pure Darwinists, pure materialists. Oh, yeah, yeah a totally different world. Where those are the people who can go on CNN and work on CNN without <laughs> any shame, you know? Yeah. Like Brian Stelter, he just got fired. So, you know, there there is a there are these examples of of people losing power publicly that Q had actually foreshadowed like so for instance Eric Schmidt you know Trump passed this executive order mm -hmm. saying if you're in anywhere on this planet involved with sex trafficking the United States has the right to seize your assets and the next day he resigned as chief of uh, alphabet and uh, there's been multiple resignations they the resignation of Sergey Brin and uh, the other co-founder of Google they resigned and Q did the same thing they said watch the news next thing you know the, next the same day, thing the head of uh, Barclay Bank he oh, was tied up with all kinds of dark stuff. He quit. Yeah. Wow. They just tell you, yeah, you know, I'm leaving. I got to go. You know, that that's sometimes a code word for I got can't. I didn't have a choice. You know, Yeah. you can either leave or we can fire you. Boss. Totally. So, so there's a lot was... of those people. Oh, yeah. even Bill Gates, he got a divorce. His that's wife right. said I was appalled by his relationship with Epstein. A lot mm -hmm. of these guys have like minimized their relationship to Epstein. I mean, of course they have. Epstein is like the third rail, like touching the third rail your whole life. There's so many people nervous about Epstein while he was alive. He had to die. Oh, yeah. He had to go away. Well, maybe they have all that data. Have you, see, that's another thing with the Q stuff. They, they had this, uh, they outed basically a child handler named Rachel Chandler. And she's pictured with Clinton. Oh, yeah. She's linked to the Guinness family, which is linked to the Rothschilds. I think she married a, a Rothschild. And, uh, you know, this, this sex trafficking thing, this organ harvesting and adrenochrome harvesting, it seems to have been going on forever. Even uh, if you think of the Minotaur at Crete, you know, the whole story of the labyrinth and then someone being, you know, terrorized in there and finally consumed by this Baal-like effigy. You know, that seems like one of these elite hunting parties. And so it, it could be that this is, you know, even Cain and Abel, if you, think of, if you think of those words combined, Cain and Abel, like cannibal, you know, there's pictures, sometimes cannibal, Cain is pictured as feasting on his dead brother's body. So, it, you know, that would explain a lot of the evil. <laughs> there's some of the elites, these parties and stuff have been going on probably since the beginning of time in all these cultures. So oh, yeah. certain, I mean, I think like even... Sumerian culture, they literally had demon gods, you know, yes. and even that got passed to Egypt. Clearly, we know there they had court magicians. Uh, I think Paul mentions them. It's Giannis and Jomers were their names. They were supposedly from Greece. Greece definitely had all kinds of crazy stuff, witches, and they had a very vivid culture at that time, and it just went all the way through to the Roman emperors. I mean, we know that I think it was Caligula was on some boat where they committed Human, human sacrifice and i think one of the guys i think it was under either when christ was born or something but this guy he would literally go out to the olive capri bring the slaves and then command them to commit kill themselves like, i think those are real stories wow. go read the, the depravity was off the charts of the yeah. emperor like the old roman emperors were sick like they were epstein level sick kids two-year-olds yeah. like it is sick and i think it's yeah like it's not believable the depravity and evil is, and even carthage like that was they when they were fighting like that was really why the romans came to power was they had to get rid of carthage and carthage had that culture of child sacrifice i think that's a that's a stated fact 
just like the Aztecs, but they would do like the old, you know, what they wrote about in the old, the new t old Testament. They would do that at Carthage and then they got salted over, wow. totally destroyed. But yeah, so I think that these, that these, uh, lead corruption type stuff, you know, that's, it's, you know, yeah. it's around. <laughs> it's, uh, so strange well to to the q pheno uh, phenomenon's credit they have put a lot of this together for people regarding you know pizza gate you know the wikileaks those files being released to the podesta emails you know i think it's there are good people out there in in uh the intelligence apparatus cia fbi there's there are people that are not the bad apples and on and they've probably been the whistleblowers like seth rich you know he he's the whistleblower against the dnc even though he worked for them for so many years and he was in contact with uh what's the gentleman who owns mega.nz speaking of new zealand uh kim.com uh, uh, kim.com kim.com oh yeah and so he was in he says he was in touch with seth rich and he's willing to testify about it and seth rich's uh handle was panda and so Panda, you know, is associated with the, the end result of children being sodomized and attacked. And it's so I can see where there's this there are good people out there who are fighting to save our species from these monsters. Have you ever looked into like like do you believe that the Nephilim uh, as described in the say the Book of Enoch, that's who we're dealing with? Like we no. have to, no they're they're just uh corrupt evil people of the human stripe. I don't believe that there's a different I don't believe that there's a different race or lizard people or anything like that. They are unfortunately regular, normal humans are capable of the most horrific horror. So that's really what we're dealing with. I think really it is, it's kind of like a different kind of culture, uh, kind of an elite society, elite outlook. And I think that a lot of, that's why a lot of elites worldwide admire Crowley because he fits into their worldview. So it's not, they're not egalitarian, they're elitists. Everybody else is, uh, you know, they're for me to use. They're just a human resource. And uh, so I think they can do the most horrible things. 9-11, they killed 3,000 people. Yeah. So, I mean, nobody said they're sorry yet. I haven't heard of sorry. So, um, and I think that that's kind of like the power. I think that that's an expression of the kind of secret network, secret society power, that they can really get away with it. And I think that there was interesting, I was reading like JFK, there's a GFK researcher. His name was Vincent Salandria, a lawyer, really bright guy. Went through years and years of studying GFK. His conclusion was they did it because they wanted to express their power. They wanted to let you know that they could do it. Right. So that's why they did it to JFK that way. They could have poisoned him. They could have done, you know, mysterious medical experiments. He was getting shots from Dr. Feelgood. They could have done it a lot of different ways. They did it as a message. They really hated his guts, but they wanted to show to the public. That's it. And, and it was interesting, too, because uh, it was Jack Ruby said very uh, intelligent. I mean, for a guy who was mob connected and a gun runner, he, uh, I think, sensed everything. He said, we are now headed towards a new form of government we haven't seen before. And I think he was right. Wow. Fascinating. American history is, is so, so bizarre. And I think that government's still in place here. So the, the topical kind of naive view that I used to have is you vote, you get in, you get voted out, you do a bad job, you get voted out. Mm -hmm. That's gone. That doesn't exist. Now you're in a secret society. You're in some kind of underground thing. You either get blackmailed or you're blackmailing other people. And then 
you're part of the team and your vote gets fixed and you're in like you're gonna people are on to this vote fixing thing now 2020 much more so people are complaining about back black box voting but i think you're probably going to see the same crap and i think then it's all justified by the media so they can verify oh you're complaining the votes got fixed you're crazy we can sue you so i think we are in a different form of government right now that isn't tied to kind of the legal structure one of the good things um you know the there is a lot of, there are a lot of people activists like Dinesh D'Souza and other he made a film called 2000 Mules Mike Lindell there's this uh, true the vote there's this concerted effort to expose what happened in 2020 we had the most thorough forensic audit ever take take place in Maricopa County with uh, cyber ninjas and uh you've got all of this forensic data that's been compiled now showing, you know, you had the mules drop, making uh, mail ballot drops. We have, of course, the fake pandemic justifying them. Uh, you have, you know, the injections from uh, uh, experts in, in, in uh, cyber warfare, of course, in different countries. Uh, so it could be that if, if Q is real, letting them appear to steal the election but actually going under continuity of government then exposing that that would be the thing that could change america for the better and and put in a place that was actually you know auditable and fair and secure that could that would mean the democrats would never win again especially after all the the pain and no right but they've waited way too long and a lot of those didn't q say mm -hmm. there's no way trump isn't going to be president i got to go back and look at those q drops because i thought they said this whole thing's going to be overturned Biden will never become president, and that didn't happen. There were all these other bums out there on BitChute mm -hmm. um, too saying that, oh yeah, it's inevitable. This will be thrown over. Well, how long? How much? How far are we into this disaster Biden yeah. administration? So some of this stuff, I think, I think if you critically analyze a lot of the Q stuff, they're leading people along a, a path that isn't the path of uh, of what's happening in the real world. It's not reality. I don't think it is. So. Mm -hmm. Get ready, get ready for November. They're gonna start getting rid of websites. They're gonna get rid of uh, YouTube channels. They're gonna ramp up the the coercion or the censorship. So it's gonna be. I agree. You know, it's, quite a ride. Well, I would say is you know I can see where certain things have been put in place. So for instance, like uh, Truth Social. You know, had Trump been president, they he wouldn't have been able to be associated with that. And the Trump Media Group. Uh, they're putting together things like I think FreeSpoke is connected, which is an independent browser for, uh, or excuse me, independent search engine, which co shows you a lot of the things that are covered up by Google and all their associated uh, search engines. Um, was there anything you wanted to promote or discuss that or you'd like people to know about you? Like where, where can they hear your podcast? Uh, what is your website? Uh, uh, my podcast is William Ramsey Investigates. I have over 700 episodes. People can see that wow. I'm putting up stuff daily. I have five uh, documentaries that I have on um, Vimeo and then five books you can get on Amazon. You can get them through my website, William Ramsey Investigates. So, and I've got other stuff coming up. I'm working pretty hard on getting some books out by the end of the year. So oh, hopefully yeah, would, in the next couple months. Would you like to uh, give us kind of a sneak preview maybe? No, I understand. I never tell people that I was going to write it. That's what's up. Right. It's very similar to what I've written about in the past. But yeah, I think uh, just just stuff that will memorialize some of the research that I've done in the past. So you'll just see like, okay, this is just another piece of the puzzle. So. Very cool.
Well, you, you know, is there anything else you wanted to discuss uh, before we wrap up today? No, no. I mean, it's great to talk with you. You're very knowledgeable, so I'm glad. I'm delighted to speak with you, and I uh, appreciate the invite. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for agreeing to come on the show. I hope you'll join me again someday. And yeah, and, sure. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. I really appreciate your work. I think everyone out there who, yes, yes, you know, the more you expose the evil and you put it in its proper context, then it helps people uh, defend themselves and their loved ones. Yeah, no, I really, yeah. These lies lead to people getting their lives destroyed. So you got to really, these liars that are on the media and politicians, they have real world effects, so they have to be exposed. I'm trying to do my part. Right on. Well, thank you so much, and I look forward to the next round, and God bless you. God bless you, too. Thank you, brother. Well, there you have it, folks. Another action-packed episode of Gnosis with William Ramsey. Check him out at WilliamRamseyInvestigates.com. He's devoted so much of his life's energy to exposing these sick Satanists and their plots against free humanity and sovereignty. So they're our enemy. So you got to know your enemy if you want if you want to stand a chance in defeating them, especially an enemy this sophisticated and subtle, right? Uh, also, thank you so much for tuning into this show. Uh, please consider becoming a continuing subscriber. We are totally independent media. We're we're funded by you. So every purchase in the store, every donation, and every ongoing monthly subscriber, uh, that's how we keep the lights on, and that's how we can continue to afford the time to bring this media to you in the hopes that it will catch a fire and help people understand uh, how to get out of this matrix and how they can can join in in the fight of our lives. So please visit sacredgeometryinternational.com. Continue uh, to share our information online. Drop us a comment uh, on YouTube. Send us an email, however you like. Every little bit helps. And if you have any questions, let me know. Uh, in the future, I hope to have a round table with guests like William and Joe and Robert Forte because uh, these are some of the, the minds that can actually articulate the nature of this great beast and the techniques that have been used so that we can displace them. Uh, so literally, with the right scholars and the right media and the right information, uh, we can rebuke and refute evil. And... Uh, you know, this may sound like I'm getting preachy, but look at what they've done to us over the last two years. Look at what they did to us on 9-11. We're coming up on the 21st anniversary in just 10 days here. Uh, this originally was recorded on the 22nd, so it's taken me some time to get it out. Uh, life is like that, but I'm, I'm proud of this work, and I think there's a lot of material for you to chew on and uh, to cue on also, because Q is bigger than me. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than people want to know even because it's so disruptive to the old paradigm but a better paradigm is on the horizon and so what we must do is learn to think independently so don't worry about being an influencer or being influenced by the quote-unquote influencers they're all algorithmic minions they wouldn't exist uh, at this level of quote-unquote success without artificial means and that goes for some of the big names you know biggest names you can think of in the world in terms of media a lot of them have a blackmail portfolio on them and that's why they shut the hell up when somebody brings up building seven that's why they cower when someone challenges them on critical issues and that's why they're not your friend long term you may be entertained but you're not being educated Uh, you're being manipulated so anyway i'm going to get off this here soapbox wrap this episode up thank you again for all your support 
Let me know your thoughts. Uh, continue to share the Gnosis, and I'll see you next time. God bless and Godspeed. We're going to win, and we're going to win big. You just watch. We have the cards. They don't.